Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Ben. Hello Peter. How are you Peter? I'm alright. How are you? Yes, I'm doing okay. There are a lot of games happening Mm -hmm. this month and I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Right. I wanted to play It Takes Two. Yes. I wanted to play Disco Elysium. Right. You've got Returnal at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. We've got very kindly been sent a code for Overcooked 2. We have. All you can eat. Or Overcooked All You Can Eat. Yeah, I forgot about that. Just, I don't know where to, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean. you got Star Wars. I have. Uh, the other Star Wars has now officially been moved. I don't know if you, know, if you knew that. The Lego Star Wars, that's been. Uh, yeah, after shunted, our discussion. Which is okay. But um, yeah, I've, I've got the. the the what's it's the republic commandos yeah i'm mm-hmm. not personally returnal seems a bit um bit much for me yeah i don't know if i'm interested in that either i'm gonna wait to see how that goes down first. not not even from a horror point of view but it just looks a bit looks a bit slightly like wanky giga <laughs> uh uh what's his name the man who did alien not giga the other one the man who did alien yeah cameron uh, yeah, and and uh, who did Blade? Oh God, now you're asking. I mean, Blade Runner, not Blade. Oh, Blade Runner, yeah. Ridley Scott. Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott. Yeah, Ridley Scott. It looks a bit. It's just a bit. Uh, uh, okay. A good luck with your abstract concept <laughs> arts and stuff. I hope you have fun, but it's not for me. Oh man, just you wait until you hear what I've been playing this week. Oh, you're, okay. it's, it sounds like it'll be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we're sort of turning this into a brief discussion about Returnal. I do like Housemark, the developers, a lot. Right. Uh, I loved Super Stardust back in the day mm-hmm. on, on the PlayStation 3. And I also was a big fan of Resogun when that came out as a oh, launch, yeah. uh, launch PS Plus game for PS4. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I feel about this one. They're leaning no. into the story aspect, which is interesting, but it's, it's the first big ps5 exclusive since demon's souls so there's a lot riding on it and it's 70 pounds so yeah man i don't know we'll see we'll see what the reviews are like and stuff yeah yeah anyway there's a lot going on basically it's also wrestlemania this week which peter is just beside himself with excitement about i'm exhausted i've already at at time of release i've been up all night every night watching the wrestlemanias for four nights yeah yeah can't stop this guy he loves it mm. 
but either way, we are here to talk about some games. And hey, good on us for, in the intro of our video game podcast, actually talking about video games for once. Isn't that... Doesn't that make you feel a bit sick? It does a little bit, yeah. I'd rather talk about... We normally talk about the weather or something like that. Or yeah, well, I did lockdown. snow and sun this week, didn't it? did, it? yeah. There you go, I feel much we, better now. We did it. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We are actually sponsored, I don't know if you knew that, mm. by a very real sponsor. Each and every week, they help us keep the lights on. In fact, it is solely the contributions of the sponsors to this podcast that props up our entire company. Yeah. That's it. We don't make any money from the adverts on YouTube. We don't make any money from that their uh, Twitch subs and the donations through live streams. It's purely podcast. All of sponsors. the money that you guys put in on, you know, your donations and mm-hmm. your your Patreon and all that kind of stuff. We we immediately squander it on the horses and we just keep betting and betting until it's all gone. We One don't. of these days. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get it. We've obviously got Philly Ray Walrus. We have. He's our racehorse. Yeah. Um, no, just for legal reasons, we have to clarify that, of course, your money does go directly into the company. It does, and it and does it is spent responsibly on wages and other yeah. things we need to keep operating. But for the sake of this bit, we are solely sponsored and brought to you by the sponsor of this podcast. Are you ready to hear this week's sponsor? So ready. Introducing E4, the sequel to E3. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Isn't it? A, a, isn't that owned by Channel Four? No, Four. No. E3 have bought the ESA, the Entertainment Software mm-hmm. Association? Question mark. Is that what it stands for? Something like um, that. They have bought E4 from Channel Four, right? And they they deleted the channel. They dragged it all into the recycle bin, mm. and they were like, "No, we just want the name and the website." Yeah. And now E3 is E4. Hey, we're back. Says E4. Bigger and better than ever. Do you remember when we leaked journalists' information and some companies stopped wanting to come? Yeah, now we're going to do it even better than that. We're back. And those two big companies still aren't here. But we are. And please stop doing your micro-announcements and tiny streams throughout the year. We want you all to come and do it in June slash July again. You remember the the good old days when we leaked journalists' information? You know, the good old days. Come along to the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Experience. Elephant. Experience. They have actually changed it from Expo to Experience, I believe. That is real. Okay, well, now it's the Electronic Entertainment Experience Expo. Yes. Thank you. There we go. E4, it's coming this year. Get excited. Who knows what's going down? Microsoft's there. Mm. Hey. You remember yeah. Microsoft? Yeah. They they used to come and then they stopped coming and, and started operating out of a theatre around the same sort of time, just like EA did with, with their thing. They're not actually at E3, but they'll be here during the same time. So Microsoft are there. They might bring The Rock. They might bring The Rock and Bill Gates. Yeah. You want to see Bill Gates? Mm, no, I mean, he wants to put a chip in me, doesn't he? I think. He's already put a chip in you. Yeah, he has. In all of us. So E4... You excited? So excited. I hope it's real. It I mean, is. I know it is. Yeah, it's real. Wait, no, it's not. Sorry. Oh, oh no. 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 Uh-huh. Unfortunately, you get boring old E3. Oh, God. I like Rubbish. E45. It's good for oh, your skin. That is a good cream, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Can we rank every cream? It's one of the best creams, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sun cream number two. Mm-hmm. E45. Uh, give me that oily sheen, my dude. Yeah. 
Keep me hydrated, my man. Pseudocreme is up there because it yes. should be pronounced pseudocreme, but it's like, no, I don't want an A in me. Get rid of that no. A. It's like they read one Sudoku booklet. Mm. Read it. That's what you do with Sudoku. Right? Yeah, you read them. You read it, and they were like, that's how I want to be pronounced. Pseudocrum. Pseudocrum. <laughs> uh, it's also a cure. Now, here we go. Now we're getting mm. on to the nonsense. Excellent. It's also just sort of like a miracle cream, isn't it? Because I feel like it's stuffed full with vitamins and minerals. <laughs> and if you've got like any kind of dry patch, you know, or ailment going on, just slap a bit of pseudocreme. You on. can put it on any skin. Th- like if you've got a wound, you can mm-hmm. just rub it right in. Don't do that. Pseudocreme. Honestly, though, if you do have a cut and stuff, it's a, mm. it's it's like a what's it called? What's it Savlon. called? Savlon. Savlon. No, no, I'm still talking. No, you're thinking of Savaloy. That's Savaloy's. Mm. No, you go to the chip shop for that. Uh, it's like a, a disinfectant as well, isn't it? So if you like, if you're feeling, if you if you're feeling a bit unwell because you've got a massive <laughs> gash on your arm, <laughs> then you just put a bit of pseudocreme on it. Don't bother the nice people in A and E. They're busy with real patients. Yeah, if you've like, got a gash that's making you feel physically unwell like it's giving you headache and sweats mm. maybe put more than cream on it i think at that point you've got some sort of problem there but two two creams two 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 to creams yeah exactly mm. peter we are actually sponsored by our very real patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump you're right yeah. where for as little as $1 per month, you could submit questions to this podcast. You can. And there are other tiers available where you can access other things like Worst Games Ever early, and you can join our exclusive Patreon Discord call that we do every month, and you can talk to us. That's There's right. There's all sorts of stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, we need to, before we get on to the questions that have been submitted by those patrons, we need to do our own question, which is, mm. where are we walking this week? Big pot of pseudochrome. Just some cream. Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Yummy. Yummy cream. Yeah, spread that like a bagel. Mm. Mm. It's just like uh, cream cheese. Disinfect my tum-tum. Can we creme get the... Cheese. Can, uh, can we get the pseudocreme inside the body? Can we... Can yeah, we is there... Have we looked, thought about putting light inside the bloodstream somehow? Maybe should should look into that. Maybe that bleach. Cure your... You got upset tum-tum? Put some pseudocreme in there. Just some slap, slap that bad boy on a bagel. Cleansing. Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Forget about it. Thank you, Donald. Right, question one time. Uh, this is from Trevor Price. That's Trevor Price. Dun dun. Uh, hi, Botter and Beater. If you had to play only one developer's game forever, or games, sorry, who would it be? For me, it would be Bethesda. Despite the recent shortcomings, they have uh, many different properties, and I think it could be a good time sink to replay them all. Cheers, lads, or not lads. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. It's a good question. Mm. I like that. I misread it. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I saw Bethesda and was like, oh, yes, publisher. Right, yeah. So um, I've got it wrong already. Oh, no. Well, I was just about to say, if it's publisher, that would probably be easier because there's only about three publishers left, I think. You're, <laughs> you're just there. <laughs> One everything. of America's eight companies. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can give you my developer answer while you quickly try and think of one for yeah, yourself. Yeah, while I flip and scramble over here. I mean, I've got two, so you could have one of mine if you like. Oh, but, yeah, can we share? Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, so part of me thought possibly Naughty Dog, purely mm. because of the quality of their games. I think they've made some of the some of the best games of recent times in terms of, you know, th- there have been other games in the past five to ten years that have been very, very high quality. 
but the developers in question might have only made one or two excellent games. Whereas I think Naughty Dog, pretty consistently, uh, you know, I think the Uncharted games and the last, the Last of Us is uh, have been fairly impeccable. Um, and the only thing is, I wonder how much replay value there is in in those games. So I was unsure. Um, about whether that was my final answer. So I do have another one. But okay. if you go all the way back as well, you know, if we're talking about stuff that they don't, no longer have the rights to, but they did develop it at the time, there's the Crash Bandicoot games. I never want to be without without those. Yes. And although I didn't like Jack and Daxter number one, I've not played any of the others. So if it was the, if I could only play Naughty Dog games for the rest of time, I'm sure I would delve into the Jack series and probably find something there. That I enjoyed. Get back to me when you uh, when you played Daxter on PSP. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I don't know how that game reviewed, but I have such vehemently negative memories of it. I hate Daxter. He's why I hated Jack and Daxter. Partly why I hated Jack and Daxter so much. You so don't like sure that wisecracking stoat? I'd love a game that's is. just called Daxter. It sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the alternative in a kind of similar vein uh, was Insomniac because mm. of course I love my Spyrops and yes. I would also never want to be without those I've played the first Ratchet and Clank game I've not played the, the semi-recent remake there's of course a new game coming out soon and there are of course various other games in that series and again I'm sure I'd find something in there that I enjoyed thought the first one was fine Um Resistance, I hear good things about. You like Resistance, don't you? I do. That's yeah. sadly a, a game that is being rendered more and more irrelevant by yeah. Sony's unwillingness to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, some people as well have good things to say about Sunset Overdrive. I've never played it. I probably never will. But if I could only play Insomniac games forever, then I would I would have a go at that. And of course, the Spider-Man games. The mm. probably ongoing series. We've had one and a half of them already. And uh, I'm sure there's there's more to come. So Insomniac seems like a half decent shout. Um, I do see the argument for Bethesda because those games have so many hours to get out of them, uh, whereas both of the answers I've given give they create linear games almost exclusively. Um, but you know, it it's uh, sometimes about quality, not just about whether there's loads of time to to get out of it. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, I think Trevor has also perhaps misinterpreted his own question because he talks about Bethesda having many different properties, but talks mm. about Bethesda, the developer, presumably Bethesda Softworks. Softworks, yeah. Uh, whereas Bethesda, the publisher, that's that that changes the question slightly because of it course does, Bethesda, really. the publisher, has all sorts. You got your Wolfenstein's, you got your, you know, the other ones. Whereas <laughs> Bethesda Softworks, you, you've got your Fallout and your Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Which, of yeah. course, is, again, an excellent shout. There's a lot of game there. And part of me, if I was going to go... I tell you what, when I when I realized I'd messed up this question, my mm. mind immediately went to Insomniac. Their, right. their lineage, the variety of games that they've made. Yeah. Um, the amount of them. And the regularity with which they're being released as well. Because Naughty Dog is a... You know, they make phenomenal games. And they do have a you know a, a a long history of games but they've made two games yeah. since or three games since 24 to 2013 since uncharted 3 and that a bit being, less varied as well yeah um, you got your third person action games and they they're excellent obviously yeah of course yeah i don't if in this nightmare scenario where i'm where i can only play one developer's <laughs> game it games is a bit forever, horrible isn't it yeah, yeah. 
I'm thinking about longevity and regularity of releases because again with Bethesda you're not getting games very often no and uh, I don't want to play Skyrim for a decade Peter mm-hmm. I can't you don't want to play Skyrim at all <laughs> I don't um, so yeah I'm, I'm tempted to say Insomniac as well if I was going to do a developer if I was going to take Trevor's approach to his own question mm. I th- it was a toss up for me between weirdly Activision because yeah. they release a lot of games all the time they're of reasonable quality and um, you know you get a Call of Duty game every year yeah. there's there's something attractive to that in terms of multiplayer and so on and playing with other people and not just being locked on your own mm. um, but also maybe someone like Devolver Digital where you get a steady constant stream of interesting indie games yeah that are that are worth playing I don't know if they're worth playing for months at a time necessarily but certainly you'll never know what you're going to get with a Devolver Digital published game so yeah I was thinking I did think about publisher as well while I was answering this question um, and I think Activision was up there for me again of course because I would be able to carry on playing Spyro and Crash for one thing uh, but also you know their own lineage like historically I know now nowadays the likes of Activision EA Ubisoft they're all dirty words really but mm. actually if you go back to their earlier days back when they were slightly more beloved and hadn't done loads of bad business practices there's you know a really great back catalogue from the kind of PS1 PS2 even PS3 era from mm. all of those companies so someone like Activision or even maybe EA thinking from a more historical standpoint um or Ubisoft even. I think any of the the you know America's eight companies I think yes. are worth looking into. Um partly because it would allow you to have a much bigger library to play in this hellish world, as you say. Yeah. Um, Nintendo, obviously yeah. an yeah, obvious Nintendo, choice Sony. if you if you're just going with publisher and Sony as well. If you're going with developer it makes it a little more complicated because obviously yeah. Nintendo doesn't develop all of their own games. No. Um but certainly publisher wise you've got what, forty years of games there yeah. <laughs> to play. Yeah. So you could do worse. Yeah, it's a good question, Trevor. Food for thought. Thank, Thank you, you, Trevor. Hmm. It's time, Peter. Yeah. Let's talk about what we play in. Oh, what we play in. What we play in time, Peter. What are you playing? Uh, well, it's been Easter weekend just gone at time of recording, not at time of release. At time of release, it's the other weekend that comes after it. It is. Uh, but over Easter weekend, I we sort of had a pact in my house to just spend time together and not do try and have minimal screen time so uh, that was pretty disgusting that's Um, awful it was uh, uh, like i say another another hellscape of its own really but (laughs) i got through it um but uh so that was four days of where i I didn't actually play anything fortunately just after that uh came the release as already mentioned in this podcast of star wars uh republic commando Mm -hmm. a game which was originally an xbox and possibly also PC exclusive but certainly on on in the console world it was an Xbox exclusive uh, and although I think I own it on Steam because it came in a bundle of games I bought once I never actually got around to playing it because I don't play Steam that often um, so this was my first time playing the game and I am of course a big Star Wars fan uh, it's been released on PS4 and is therefore playable on PS5 as well um, not that those things are a, a given but in this case it is and I think it must also be on Xbox 
now as well. Uh, the you know uh, the more recent platforms. Possibly is it on Switch too? Question mark. Probably not. Ooh, I don't know. Good question. I'll find out for I, you. I don't have any of this information, but yeah, I, I think PS4 and Xbox One slash Xbox Series. It's available. Uh, and I'm Switch. A, Switch. It is on Switch. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, I'm having a good time with it. It's very good. It's definitely just you know it's an old game that's been. Uh, just up-resed. It's it's just been slightly remastered, and even then, it's not. I mean, it's just in sort of HD, seemingly, or possibly 4K. I don't have a 4K TV, uh, so it's not by any means a remake or heavily remastered at all. But um, they've changed the control scheme, I think, to update it. As I say, I wouldn't know because I didn't play the old version, but I think I read that somewhere. And uh, you know, I, I'm really enjoying it. I think you have to know what you're signing up for, and I did because I do. I occasionally still play, you know, PS2 era video games on my PS2, so I still have that kind of fresh in the mind as to what the limitations were. And there will be a quip scope on the channel about this already, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can have some more detailed thoughts from me there. It's it, it's like a product of its time, and it's not. Um, you know, it's no recent Call of Duty game, or it's you know, it, it's not like uh, it's one of those games where it's all very just kind of objective based, and you in es- in essence, you're really doing the same thing over and over. You're holding this point and clearing it out. Uh, you're getting someone to hack a terminal and defending them while they hack a terminal, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I get a bit more out of it because of the setting and the the references and so on to the Star Wars universe and I've recently been watching a lot of the Clone Wars animation now this is not canon this game uh, it entered Star Wars Legends when Disney took over maybe it was never canon in the first place some of the games were always non-canon but uh so in, in that in that sense you know you have to try and also separate things that are established in canon with things that it kind of con- uh, contradicted in this game something weird that never would have made sense when this game came out in the first place is that despite the fact that you're a squad of clones of uh, four clones you all have different voices oh. um your player character is voiced by Tamara Morrison who has voiced all the clones in the films and plays Boba Fett spoilers uh but <laughs> Um, well, he played. He played. Uh, uh, yeah, he played the little boy, didn't he? In in episode two. Yeah, he played. The, he was young back then. You know, sort of twelve it's been years a long, ago. Been a long time. Yeah. yeah, and he played his dad. They digitally aged him. So he's an incredibly Django. versatile actor. Yeah, he is. Uh, but um, so he he got he they brought him in to voice your player character, but the other clones aren't voiced by him your squad all have very different voices one of them they're all sort of um heavily weighted to different kind of specialisms so one of them is this like guy who loves killing and he he just kind of talks like this all the time and it's like whoa hang on like he loves killing yeah where's your kiwi accent gone um and then there are other more generic clones outside of your squad who talk to you you either see them in the field or they're talking to you on like the radio and they have sort of a key well it's just a sort of southern hemisphere it's a sort of oceana accent where i think they're more actually putting on an australian accent because they don't quite understand that it's actually a kiwi accent in the films but so they've tried to get the other clones to sound like you but it's not 
voiced by Mr. Morrison. So mm-hmm. it's all a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But all that aside, you know, I can suspend a bit of my uh, disbelief and just enjoy it for what it is. It's a Star Wars game. It's much beloved by people who played it at the time. So uh, I'm sure those people will get a lot out of it as well, going back and reliving it in a, from a nostalgic point of view. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I've played a couple of hours and there will be more thoughts like that in our Quipscope, which should be available on the channel right now. And that's all I've been playing this week. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I have got the platinum in Persona 5 Strikers. I did Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Strikers. Well Strikers. done. Strikers. Thank you. I actually did it before last week's podcast even released. So, okay. I mean, sh- shows us, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a mindless grind, really, to level up my bond skill, which puts a lot of people off. And yeah, I did it. I just like I had some TV on <laughs> on one screen. <laughs> yeah. And then I was just doing that same optional boss fight over and over and over again mm-hmm. with the it was diminishing returns really the amount of uh, xp i was getting as right. the the higher the level i got you have to get it to max rank which is 99 it was boring it was really boring but i did it so i've now got the platinum in persona 5 royal and persona 5 strikers i'm obviously i'm still working on persona 4 golden um and i have now begun the arduous task of I can't remember what the trophy's called. It's something like Ultimate Resay Fan. Right. One of your party members is called Resay. Okay. And she's sort of like your guide. She doesn't she doesn't battle. She's Futaba from Persona 5 basically. So she sort of uh, helps you out in battle with guidance and strategy, but she doesn't actually engage in combat. Um and she will give you specific lines at various points depending on what's going on so if you're poisoned she'll say oh you're poisoned or if you're low on health she'll say oh no you're low on health make sure you heal up you have to listen to 250 different lines of her dialogue to get that trophy and this one is notoriously challenging through painstaking research there are a couple of different compilations of lines that she says that people have put together because it's a it's a terrible trophy how would you even know which ones you've done you don't yeah you honestly don't you just sort of have to blindly work through the list and hope you get it Mm. there are various ways that you can force her to say stuff yeah of course like if you examine say if you get low on health and she doesn't say the line that you want you can uh examine an enemy to to look at its weaknesses and stuff and back out and if you do it every three times you do that in a row which doesn't cost a turn in the turn-based combat she will say a line and you can basically force her to say lines right um, based on the context of what's happening but you still need to find the enemies that will poison you whilst while not being too strong to not kill them immediately um so it's it's a bit of a hassle We'll see if this is the roadblock to me getting the platinum, but I'm really close now. So this is this is what I need, and I'm confident I can do it. Um, but yeah, that's where I am in there. Played a bit of Warzone. That's 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 a lot of dying happening in that game still, but it it can be fun. Question mark. <laughs> uh, the main thing that I've been playing this week though is Kentucky Route Zero. Right now, I love my occasional artistic wanky somewhat pretentious indie games Mm -hmm. and this somewhat pretentious wanky indie game is critically acclaimed okay it has it won a bafta this year actually and it was released episodically over the course of seven years 
So the first episode came out in 2013. Wow. And the final episode came out in early 2020 with a complete version coming to PS4 shortly after. And it was on sale earlier this year and I picked it up because I heard murmurings that it was really good and I've played it. And I've been th- it's been occupying all of my thoughts for the past wow. week. Is this that one that's... It's almost a bit kind of papery. It's like... Yes. Yeah, it's, it's also It's like a line on. art. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the art style is super intriguing and, and it it varies quite a lot. It's very minimally presented. It's basically... Um, I was thinking about how to talk about this game and I honestly am, have been struggling to put my thoughts together coherently because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to it. It's essentially a text adventure. Uh, so there's there's practically no voice acting whatsoever. You've got to do a lot of reading and a lot of the gameplay is based on... Uh, dialogue options and choices but they don't really change the outcome of the gameplay too much so for example if you're you're at a you're at a petrol station near the start of the game and he says oh you need a you need a map to such and such go to my computer inside you can use that and you'll go to it and it, it requires a password and you've got to guess the password but whatever you guess is the correct is ends up being the correct answer mm-hmm. so you sort of weave your own path through this game and it introduces more and more characters it gets more and more weird the general conceit is that you've got to your you work for an antique shop and you're a you're a delivery driver and you're taking this delivery to to a mysterious location that nobody really has heard of you need to take this fictitious uh highway in kentucky called route zero right but every time they talk about the zero in the in the the text it's like all fuzzy and weird just the word zero so it starts off super ominous and you're like what on earth is going on here and then you you start meeting up with people and you start trying to find the zero and it gets like super weird and esoteric and i found it strangely fulfilling and unfulfilling at the same time in that it raises a lot of fascinating questions because i really thought after the first chapter it was like this is going to be another oxen free which i love and it sets up loads of really intriguing mysteries and they pay off in really fascinating ways. Whereas here, the outcome to these mysteries was, psych, this world is just really weird and that's the answer. It's not like, it's based in reality, but it's not at the same time. The Zero is like this weird meta plane where you can go to strange locations and the people who live and work there are all really weird. Mm. Um, There's a bureau of, of like various clerks and and paperwork people who are in charge of everything that goes on there and there's a floor that you can go to in that building that's just called bears and it's filled with bears okay and it's like this is this is brilliant but also very strange and yeah uh, and at times it was a bit much honestly uh it's clearly written by an incredibly clever person who is putting their master's master's degree in writing uh, and philosophy to to good use yeah but at times it was a bit overwhelming there's a lot of characters it's a bit strange to control at times and at the end again i felt perhaps a little bit unfulfilled because i was expecting this big climax and perhaps this big redemption arc but it just sort of quietly ended with the characters just sort of staying put where they were and it it really did make me reflect on what the whole experience was about. I bet and some people think that that's why that's it. 
the ending was a triumph for that reason. Precisely, you know? yeah. precisely. But it did genuinely, it gave me pause for thought. And it did make <laughs> me think, like, is this game perhaps saying that you don't always, like, in life, for example, you, there's not always, like, a hero or a triumph mm. or overcoming the odds or the underdogs. Sometimes big events happen and people just live through it and they're just there. And and this was just the story of several interesting people in a weird world who were just present for this event. Yeah. And there and there was no crazy outcome. Each act of this game, I feel like, could be on display in some kind of art gallery. It yeah. is absolutely not gonna be for everyone. And I'm really glad I played it. It's difficult to recommend, and I can't really say that I had fun, because a lot of times I was like, man, I'm just ready for them to move on. There's a lot of talking, there's a lot of reading, there's a lot of lore and exposition about this strange world, but if you're remotely interested in that kind of experience, I I do recommend that you give it a go. As I said, not going to be for everyone, and I did end up getting the platinum last night while watching the wrestling on another screen. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Kentucky Route Zero, very strange but very special. I'm sorry for waffling on, but like that was just a, my thought diarrhea that's just been building up inside me all week while I've been no, playing no. it. Good to know. Uh, nice image too. Yeah, it's there you go. Building up inside you. Thought you diarrhea. Had the. Uh, it's not even the correct terms. Verbal diarrhea, re- isn't it? I suppose so. Yeah. You've Terrible. Had the relief though now, which is good. Yeah. Anyway, if anyone's you. played Kentucky Route Zero, I would love to hear your thoughts because yeah. I have. I've yet to do the, the. I have finished a strange game that I'm not sure how to feel about it thing, which is YouTube ending mm. explained and just yeah. hear someone else talk about it for a bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, can't can't really recommend it, but if you are interested in trying something very, very different and coming off the back of Persona 5 Strikers, I don't think I could have picked a more different game, yeah. uh, then maybe give it a try. It's not hugely expensive. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, Excellent. We've got a question here to move on to. Yeah. Cliff Foster, who says, Hey, you two. First time I've asked a question since joining. Firstly, thank you to everyone on the Discord for making me feel welcome. Ah. Welcome, Cliff. Secondly, the question. Obviously, we all have that retro console that gives us that warm, fuzzy feeling, minus the N64. But is there a retro console you haven't ever owned that you really, really want, minus the Dreamcast? Thanks a bundle for everything you do. Cliff. Thank you, Cliff. Uh, mine, Cliff, is the N64, which is what you have got. Um, I've, I'm sure I've said in the past that my... So I moved house like to a different part of the country when I was eight years old, but my two best friends, my best friends before and after that move at the different schools, both were N64 boys, and uh, I'd never had one, but I used to go around to their houses and play N- N64 with them and had a great time. And I've always wanted to get an N64, even to this day. I, When I'm in CEX, which, I mean, I've not been in a CEX for about two years now, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when I'm looking on the internet, thinking about what can I buy myself? I want to buy something. Uh, the temptation is always there to buy an N64. They're not so expensive. I think there's actually quite a lot of them around because I think they've lasted quite well. Um, and... There's just so many great games on that system that I've played a little bit of and I know that they're good. It's not even that there's like a bit of a mystery. Like, you know, for example, with a Dreamcast or something, I wouldn't really know 
what I have and haven't missed out on. I've heard about some of these games and it's, you know, I could go off people's uh, opinions and, and what's written online and stuff, but I wouldn't know for sure. But I know for a fact that with the N64, I love Diddy Kong Racing. Mario 64 is a great game. Uh, uh, there's Banjo and Conker, you know, like the rare games. There's a, I think there's a, a Donkey Kong one as well, which I think is not as highly acclaimed, but there's a, a Donkey Kong 64. Um, and the, the Zelda games as well. I've not played um, Ocarina of Time. I've not played Wind Waker. People talk big smack about those games. No, smack is a bad thing, isn't it? That yeah, shows, shows no, what I know. Naughty. Yeah. Um, and Pokemon Snap as well. Is it a fantastic game? I used to play loads of that when I was a kid. Um, so I I know for a fact from having played these games with my friends that there's a whole bunch of good stuff out there. Of course, Goldeneye, I guess it would be remiss of me not to mention that, but that's not aged very well, that game. Like, I, I just know for a fact that it hasn't because I've mm-hmm. played it. I think I played it at some, uh, some event or something not so long ago where they had a load of like systems set up and stuff and I played Goldeneye for a bit and I was like oh wow this is this was certainly the early days of the 3D FPS like the fully 3D polygonal FPS wasn't it mm-hmm. um so that's not not as good as people remember I think but N64 for me for sure I would normally be in- inclined to agree in that my nostalgic memory of the N64 comes from my cousin owning it and going over to his house and seeing Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Snap and just being it being the height of Pokemania. Yeah. In the mid to late 90s, well, the late 90s, I suppose. Uh, it was just the most shocking thing imaginable to me. I couldn't believe that such a thing existed. And whenever I used to go over there, I used to play it and I thought it was incredible. Or at mm. least I didn't play it. I used to watch him play it because I like that controller, man. Like, yeah. come on. And, um, a great soundtrack that game as well which one snap uh, uh sorry a uh, stadium stadium yeah. yeah yeah you could you could plug in your your game boy cartridge as well with an adapter and you could play it and yeah. stand, like import certain uh pokemon i believe as well yeah i think you could yeah incredible and my dream actually came true a couple of years ago when my cousin dug it out of storage and gave it to me Ooh, the the lovely. special pikachu n64 yeah. Um, so I, I feel very, very privileged to have that. I set it up and used it once, weirdly, mm. appropriately, perhaps, at my grandparents' house with their right. old TV. But I've been unable to get it to work on a TV uh, here because I've got no inputs on the back other than HDMI. And I know you can buy certain adapters and converters, but I couldn't... I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. I did actually hear that you could use the GameCube uh sort of audio visual cables from mm. that and it would work because they they use scart whereas the n64 cable i have uses like you know the aerial input where you have to tune the tv to it yeah um but that didn't work for me either so i, I don't know yeah. what's going on there but the either way i do have that now so i suppose the one that i would choose is the is the mega drive which is another oh, yeah. one that my cousin had and i have very fond memories of watching him play that so i, I believe that mega drive is probably a bit more affordable than an n64 but yeah. Uh, yeah, the Sega Mega Drive is certainly one that, that I grew up watching jealously. I wish I had one. Hmm. Yeah. Or wow. Genesis. Or Genesis. Yeah, well, America, that is. There we go. 
Well, we can dream and we can spend our hard-earned wages on these things if we wish. And yes. Maybe one day I will. I uh, I always make a point, and I guess I'm starting to reach the we're starting to reach the age now where I will no longer be able to make a point of this. But I always used to make a point of when I bought a new TV that it had to also have at least one AV input so that I could oh, play man. retro consoles on it. And my current one still does, but uh, I we need a new one soon i think it's the speakers are going a little bit funny on it and uh it's it's going a bit river seven actually um <laughs> yeah but uh i probably i think i'll struggle now if i want to get like a because i'd quite like to get go 4k next because i've never had a 4k tv and if i want to get one that's got 4k and hd mm. uh it's probably not also going to come with av inputs but we'll see no Maybe. i think it's i think it's unlikely you might have to you might have to to sacrifice some of your traditional video quality and, yeah. and go for a, an aftermarket HD adapter for your mm. PS2 and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Should be sad, but yeah. needs must. Or buy two TVs. Yeah, well, I mean, why not? Works for some people, some cool, handsome, clever people. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you never know. Uh, Peter, mm. do you do you smell that? Oh. oh, that smells a bit weird. A bit weird. Uh, a bit do- new as well. Would, would you want to make that plural, perhaps? Uh, it smells a bit news as well. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it smells like weird news. Ah! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's weird news time. Peter, what's your strange video game news this week? We go straight to our unofficial weird news correspondent, Luke Plunkett from Kotaku. I don't like to keep going to Kotaku, but he's just so good at his weird news, is Luke. He does find it. He does does find find the news. Uh, Intel, a white nationalism slider ain't it. Say that again. Yeah, I don't really understand how I'm even supposed to inflect on this headline. Intel, comma, a white nationalism slider ain't it. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm with you now. Some sort of terrible character creator? 
Well, oh no, not it. Well, sort of, but instead of oh, character gosh. creator, it's an experience creator. Uh, the real headline here should be uh, Intel discusses potentially adding a white nationalism slider to its products or something. So here we go. Okay. Intel gave a presentation at GDC a few weeks back, but I'm guessing nobody actually watched it because it took until this week for anyone to notice this absolutely absurd pitch from the company, which wants to use AI to monitor and censor hate speech in your online voice chat, which, you know, that's that, that in and of itself sounds like a good thing. So I think there's a slight delay on your voice chat and the AI is sort of listening to what's coming in to your system and then it's going to censor it for you before it outputs to your head. Uh, however, the sentence continues in your online voice chat, comma, and let users toggle just how much hate they want to hear. It's a service launching later this year called Bleep, which is a user-facing application that uses AI to detect and redact audio-based detect and redact audio based on user preferences which basically means it will monitor audio as it comes out of your system and mute or bleep your speakers or headphones when it detects bad words okay it will detect those words using ai but it's the user preferences part of this that is the most hilarious slash horrifying here's a look at bleep's back-end settings and it's a technological hellscape so there's then a screenshot from this presentation there's a man in the foreground uh, of this screenshot who's presumably talking or possibly signing, I don't know. Uh, mm. And in the background, these are the categories of hateful and abusive speech we will listen for. Feel free to fine-tune. Uh, so here we go. Ableism and body shaming. Hateful speech about people with disabilities and specific physical conditions. There's a slider. None, some, most, or all. It continues, aggression, negative language intended to wound the recipient, none, some, most, or all, LGBTQ plus hate, misogyny, name calling. It continues, racism and xenophobia, sexually explicit language, swearing, white nationalism. All of these have a slider that allows you to select none, some, most, or all. And there's even an on-off switch for whether or not you want to hear the N-word. Wow. It's it's appalling. Uh, so the article continues. So many choices. I deeply appreciate the fact that I can only hear someone screaming white nationalist taunts down the microphone most of the time. Sometimes you need a break after all. And we'll be thinking very hard about whether or not I want to toggle that N-word switch to its on or off position. It's ghastly that something like this ever left a whiteboard, let alone made it all the way to a major presentation. But then we're years past the point where we should be expecting companies like Intel to think about anything except ways it can waste millions trying to use its own technology to combat deeply human problems. Maybe there was a good intention here at some point. Letting people enjoy a safer online a safer online experience is, after all, a very good thing. But this is not the way to do it. Hateful speech is something that needs to be educated and fought, not toggled on a setting screen. You can watch the presentation and around the 29.30 mark in the video below. Uh, and then there's an embedded video of the presentation. But it's it's the notion that you might want to put make it so that you can hear all sexually explicit language mm -hmm. some swearing most white nationalism and no aggression you know and oh I'll switch that n-word on please that sounds great 
Yeah, um, I, d- I don't even know how to begin unpacking this, really. Like, because it's it's not inherently a bad thing to offer people options to censor negativity. Yeah, uh, I think when they're playing games, but the, uh, like as Luke says, the optics of just wanting some white nationalism. Yeah. Is really bizarre. Like such a strange approach. I don't. I don't know how I feel about a- any of this. Really, mm-hmm. it's just it's strange more than anything else. And it's. I agree. It's if if there's a system available where AI can listen to incoming text or well, not text, in, incoming audio, mm-hmm. and censor it for you if you want to be just protected from that kind of thing. Which I mean, fair enough. Uh, that's great, but. Surely it should be... I mean, for one thing, I think it's been broken down into too many categories, but, you know, sure. Uh, But surely it should just be on or off for all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And to separate out the N-word specifically when there's already a category for... I mean, there's one for swearing, there's one for racism and xenophobia. It's really strange that there's, uh, what, like six or seven sliders, and then just in the middle of these sliders, there's N-word, on or off. Uh, and the description yeah. is use of the n-word including all its variations so it's just yeah. really weird and it's it's almost like a pa- it's like an onion article I think. this is what i was just about to say it sounds like something from like a a fly on the wall sketch com not sketch yeah. comedy just 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 a comedy show like it like a committee's come together and been mm. charged with solving racism yeah and they're like well what if we let people turn it off with a toggle yeah. like it's just beyond ridiculous it and is. again it's not it's not inherently, obviously, a bad thing to allow people to turn to 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 avoid that kind of stuff. No, it should, of course, be tackled at the source, and these the people perpetrating such language should probably be removed from the platform. Mm. Um, but it's just so the optics of this are so bizarre. Like it's yeah. so weird. <laughs> I'll send you the the screenshot on our on our okay. on Slack or something. But uh... very very strange and. You know, the notion... I mean, I don't know what else was included in the... uh, Here it is, it's coming through now. uh, In the presentation, because maybe they want to use this technology for other reasons as well. But if they've got AI that can very clearly detect this kind of stuff, you would think that maybe they would, instead of pitching, hey, here's some sliders, feel free to fine-tune, that's a direct quote, Mm -hmm. uh, that they would actually be saying, so we're looking to sell this to you know, directly to Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo so that they can immediately pick up on people who are being abusive. The AI can detect that and maybe record it. And then, you know, they can hand out, a, you know, a, a punishment, a ban or whatever from the online system. Surely that would be a better use for this. Uh, and also it, it then raises issues of how and where will this be implemented and used by said companies and will that infringe on certain privacies and rights yeah. you shouldn't mm. be using this kind of language anywhere obviously no, that's yeah, not yeah. what i'm saying no. but like if i'm in a private conversation with with my friends is there going to be an ai presence in that conversation at all times i'm while not using this language ever obviously i am inherently uncomfortable with the fact that there is there is an ai listening to my conversation that could just hand out punishments based on mishearing things and we you and i are very familiar with AI getting things extremely wrong per YouTube's constant battle with advertisers and whether or not something is suitable for advertisers and uh, robots deciding that your content matches another 
creator's content and so therefore you cannot have money for this video anymore like ai doesn't always work it's not flawless and if you could have your account possibly banned yeah because an ai has misheard you that's not great no exactly and you know even if you've not been misheard as such but it's you know so again i agree that if we're in a private conversation that doesn't mean that it's any more okay to be using these terms or, or or this kind of language in that sort of way but there's a comment here under the article actually where someone says sorry luke i don't agree with you uh but the, you know they make a good point where they say for example some fat people myself included make jokes about their own bodies uh you know some people uh use certain terms in uh non-racist ways they've said and you know you have to the ai might not understand just some friends talking to each other in a certain way that is literally not offensive to anyone involved or anyone they are talking about you know mm-hmm. sometimes this context uh yeah. has to come into ai this doesn't understand context no ever um, like when we when we make list videos about uh you know games that were banned for various reasons and the whole point of it is that we're covering the reasons why they were banned and yet the and then yeah, a YouTube AI will censor our video mm. because we're talking about games that have been censored and those topics are grounds for being censored. It's just, it's so backwards. Like there is no context to an AI. It doesn't yeah, understand. You, you could even be chatting to your friends at the end of the day, playing, you know, playing some games together and just having a chat. How was your day? Oh, well, you know, I was walking down the street today and someone shouted this at me and it was awful. And then immediately yeah. you've used a certain term or some language or something uh, over over chat and mm-hmm. the AI will jump on that immediately. It's like when I was at school, we had a system where if you if if a certain word was detected either in a document you were typing or a page a web page that you'd pulled up, it would immediately send a screenshot to the administ- administrators at this at the school. Wow. And um, uh, I was writing a an English essay once about Charles Dickens, and I put mm-hmm. Dick. <laughs> as I was writing Dickens, and it immediately sent a screenshot of me just writing a sentence like, you know, Charles in, Dick in eighteen whatever, Charles Dick, uh, you know, and it's just like, well, that's stupid, you know, right it's just ridiculous, jail. yeah, right, right to jail. So it's wow. whatever it is, this is a weird story, but um, yeah, it's it's probably a bit of a. The more we've talked about it, it's probably quite a divisive thing. It in is. some ways, it's a good think... system, and in some ways, it's not. Yeah, I think this this is. Uh... This is this is grounds for concern, I think, generally speaking, because mm. companies will buy this, yeah, and they will implement it. I think in quite insidious ways, and we're taking more and more steps towards, you know, I'm not, I'm the furthest thing from a tin tin foil hat wearing, you know, the Earth is flat lunatic, yeah. But I don't like this future where we're constantly monitored. I don't like that. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, with deep fakes and so on. This is just another step towards that. Companies will use this technology. And yeah. I am worried about how they will use it. Not because I think I'm going to be caught out being awful, no. but because I just don't think it's right. But, you know, if we use their platforms, we have to agree to it. So, absolutely. Bring back the Ooyah. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for the Ooyah too. Two Yah. Two Yah. Perfect. Well, have you got some weird news there for me, Ben? I do. This is from PC Gamer and Natalie Clayton. Um, which is that Clayton that's a there's a good well I don't know if it's good but there's a fish and chip shop on Clayton Street 
Is there? This little called Clayton something. Anyway, thanks, Natalie, for the Thank you, chips. Uh, a full 4K remaster of Time Splitters 2 was hidden inside Homefront The Revolution. Oh, I saw like a, a tweet about this. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know the details. But the code to access it was lost in a Discord squabble. <laughs> Homefront The Revolution's hidden Time Splitters 2 remake apparently included far more than the two levels we already knew about. Okay, firstly, it wasn't a remake, it was just a remaster and archives. Yeah. Uh, so, just in case you didn't know, there's an arcade unit you can use in Homefront The Revolution that has two, I think, two or three story levels from Time Splitters 2, but like in in HD, essentially. Mm. Unfortunately, it seems the keys to access the full game were lost years ago in a Discord ban. The revelation came courtesy of former Crytek developer Matt Phillips, responding to ex-Vlambeer designer J.W. Nijman's call for developers to share easter eggs they'd hidden in games. Uh, blah blah blah. But as Eurogamer spotted, Phillips replied with the suggestion that much more of Homefront's Time Splitters throwback was included was intended, sorry, to be playable in native 4K, no less. Oof. Fully. Oh, there we go. Fully featured really did mean fully featured, too. I ported the network stack to ride on top of Homefront The Revolution's co-op mode. If, and that's a big if, anyone was able to hack two or more arcades into one of the co-op maps, it'll boot to the multiplayer menu. Whoa. Don't bother trying to hunt down the access code, though. Not even Phillips has it written down anymore. The, the developer did hand it to a friend once, but the suggestion that Homefront included all of Time Splitters 2 was apparently so unbelievable that a Discord server banned their account. Oh, God. The unlock code has been lost to time. I don't have the notebook with it anymore. I once gave it to a friend to leak in some Discord channel, and they called him a liar and banned his account. <laughs> Unfortunate too, considering THQ Nordic has no plans to remaster the 2002 classic, but if you're looking for a Time Splitters fix, fan developed throwback mod Time Splitters Rewind is still ticking along quietly in its aim to modernise all three original games. Mm. Now that it's public knowledge, let's hope some enterprising hacker can unlock the 4K remaster we deserve tucked away inside Homefront. Surely there must be a way, if you had access to the, the internals of the game and you could just see the code. Yeah. I mean, I'm no... I'm no computer programmer, but there must be something that basically says in the code, if you input this code and it's then mm -hmm. written there, then launch all of Time Splitters kind of thing. There must yeah. be, must be yes. something. Yes. Yeah. If have all code, then launch Time Splitters. Yeah, all That's code it. equals one, two, three, four. Precisely. That's all yeah. you need. Also, this Time Splitters Rewind, I feel like I've been reading and hearing about this for 15 years now. Oh, it's been going on ages and it's, I mean, it's, typical of these kind of projects and that it's slow progress because there's only so many people working on it but i i checked in on it about a year ago and it looked you know it looked good and it looked true to the to the original i thought this the sort of general style of it and I, I think they like lifted most or all of the sound effects from the older games and yeah it looks really nice but yeah. it will be forever before it even comes out I think so. It's the same with those like Skyblivion and Skywind mods and stuff. Yeah. Every time they do a big update, you're like, that looks incredible. And it's it's been a work in progress for the better part of a decade. And yeah. it probably, if it is released, you know, it's going to be very difficult to... going to be very difficult to, well, I suppose not play it. Not going to be difficult to play it if you've got it on PC. But still, like it's just, you hear about these fan projects and they give you hope that it'll yeah. show the IP owner that there is interest in that mm. within the fan base and maybe they'll do it. And I'm not saying these these fan these fan projects are pointless because they're definitely not. But in the case of Time Splitters Rewind, 
why why won't THQ Nordic just remaster it? I don't, I don't know. Why would, the, money why the would they remake Destroy All Humans <laughs> and SpongeBob? I just don't und- I don't understand. I no. really don't. All the power to you if you like those games. Everybody's got their own entitled to their own proclivities. proclivities. But I will just never ever understand the sense that or the or the lack of sense that that has brought us no time splitters yeah. since 2000 and what? 5 4 Yeah. In, insane. I just don't get it. Why purchase it? Literally why purchase it if you're not going to do anything with it? I don't know. Crytek didn't do anything with it apart from put it in as a bloody easter egg and it turned mm. out they remastered the whole flipping game as a joke. <laughs> and no one can use it anymore. Oh, I wonder who banned that person from Discord. They've they got ruined fired it for, for that blunder. Yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. Okay, let's move on, Peter. Let's. Uh, we've got question three here. I've, I'll just move away from my news and open the document. Uh, it's from Will Hate Height. Have we established this? I don't know, but it's Hight. from Will. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. I went back and started listening to the podcast from the beginning, and I'm up to episode 80, loving the content. I ran into the same situation that Peter did with Jedi Fallen Order. I played through it and really enjoyed it, but thinking of playing it again is absolutely exhausting. And now I'm not sure I enjoy it as much as I thought I did. Have you run into this with any other games? Discuss. Mm. Uh, I mean, I hasten to add that with Jedi Fallen Order... I I enjoyed it up to a point, you know. I don't know if I really enjoyed it, but certainly the thought of going back, um, yeah. I think I, I said in a recent podcast that, uh, or on a video, I would go back and do it, but it it was a bit of a an exhausting game. It's just these sprawling worlds and the slow combat. You know, I'm not into my Souls likes, so yeah, it just seems like a bit I of am, a, and I didn't like it. Well, I know, yeah, but even then. <laughs> If, even if you do like it, uh, like that kind of stuff, you might not like the game. And uh, it just seems like it's it would be a bit of a marathon, a bit of a chore to do mm. it again. Anyway, um, so I found this with... I mean, the one that immediately came to mind was sort of The Last of Us Part Two. You know, I thought that was an incredible game. I remember feeling sort of a bit exhausted in all kinds of ways, physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, when I finished that. And I talked about kind of feeling like I wanted to go back and play it recently when Andrew did the... Was it Andrew did it for... Yes. um, What it means to me? And sort of seeing it on screen again in that video and hearing him talk about it made me think, yeah, that was a great game. And then as, you know, within about a week or something when I've been thinking about maybe going back to it, I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't do that. So that's certainly a recent one. Um, But one that... I quite often think about going back to play and then always just dissuade myself and say, no, 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 uh, would be Kingdom Hearts. Um, So I've not played any Final Fantasy games in my life. Uh, The closest I've come is playing Kingdom Hearts, which of course is Disney slash Final Fantasy. And it's a really good game, the first one. And, you know, uh, critically acclaimed, I think, relatively speaking, uh, has a big... Uh, fan base but I just it it was a big old game and there was a lot of sort of hack and slash combat I mean, it wasn't quite hack and slash but yeah you know big big combat segments where you've got lots and lots of enemies to clear out and as you move through the map and enter the next room then that is full of enemies and then the next one mm-hmm. you have to backtrack quite a lot um, and 
there's just a lot of like bits and bobs to it as well there's spells to upgrade you have to make sure you've got enough potions and things carried around there's these chains that you can wear that will sort of give you certain like minor adjustments to your various uh, stats uh, there's different keyblades to unlock that have strengths and weaknesses oh there was just it it, it was a, a full game it was packed out it's got hours and hours of content and that's no bad thing especially on your first playthrough and i don't think i ever got tired of it on my first run but uh yeah just the thought of going back to it at any point is enticing in so much as i liked the world that they created i really liked the soundtrack i thought it was fun to play from a combat and an exploration point of view but just knowing how much there is to actually get through if you want to get to the end with you know a reasonable amount of completion mm -hmm. it just kind of puts me off it a little bit which is a shame uh maybe one of these days i will go back and give it a go but um yeah 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 it's that's definitely one of those for me uh well an easy answer for me would be skyrim yeah which yeah. obviously i've spoken about ad nauseum on here played it for a month solid when it came out was beside myself with excitement on the lead up to its release and then i burned out on it really fast and now i just don't despite trying a couple of times over the years i just can't touch that game i don't mm. want it i'm fed up of seeing it yeah i'm ready for the next one if indeed that comes to any platforms that i have uh so yeah that skyrim would be a big one for me another one that i suppose it's not there are admittedly few games I can think of that I have completed that I enjoyed that I have no desire to go back to. Uh, because with enough time that passes, I tend to come full circle on certain games and want to go back to them. For yeah, example, I wouldn't have booted up my PS3 to play Mass Effect 2 or 3 again because I played them a lot at the time that they were relevant and I got the Platinum Trophies in both of them. And when the remaster comes out in may it's i pretty soon yeah i am all aboard for for playing through those games again because mm -hmm. enough time has passed and i'm ready to go but in terms of a recent one that i just when i'm thinking about it in the same in the same sort of space as the new god of war uh spider-man what's it called you know david quage his game oh, about Detroit the robots human. yes detroit robot boys yeah when i think about that period that 2018 2019 period maybe 2017 even with the game i'm going to talk about i don't really feel any urge to play through horizon zero dawn again right yeah because i really enjoyed it and i thought the story was fantastic um and the open world was beautiful and it was a really intriguing concept and i had a great time with it got the platinum trophy but as i said when we talked about it when you were giving it a go the mm. platinum's actually really fair in that it doesn't require you to collect everything and see everything and that was honestly a blessing because that was yeah. enough of that experience for me and i remember it fondly but i just don't feel any desire to play through it again i don't i don't need to and i'm looking forward to the sequel it's not mm. that it left a bitter taste in my mouth at all it's just one of those games that i'm like I, i've played it now and i don't i don't feel like i need to go back to it and play it again yeah. Uh, whereas the likes of God of War, Spider-Man, Detroit Robo Boys, I either have played them again recently, or as is the case with God of War, will definitely play them again mm. at some point. Just not yet, because I just need a bit more time before I'm ready to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why not? Uh, well, that's that's great. 
it's time for something um, a little bit larger than that discussion we just had. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, Would you maybe... say it's some kind of discourse? A, a, a big one. A big discourse. Um, uh, a big discussion. <laughs> big discussion time. It's time for the big discussion. This big discussion comes from Jumper Kimmons. Jumper who Kimmons. says. Hello, Bean Otter and Peeper Texas. Hey. I'm a new fan and patron and just finished catching up on all the podcasts. We're so sorry. Mm. But thank you for your support. Your show is the best gaming program on the internet, full stop. Whoa, steady on now. Come on, you can't, you can't start off with a lie. Before my question, I want to show appreciation for your love of the Time Splitters series. It's a franchise few people talk about, yet was a massive part of my childhood. Countless hours was spent playing four-player split-screen. My question is, have you ever regretted returning to a game that, in your mind's eye, was a huge and influential part of your childhood? I understand nostalgia can cause a not-so-good game to be remembered fondly. Einhander, is that right? Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Einhander for the PS1 is a game that is burned into my memory. The neon-soaked futuristic setting was beautiful, the 2.5D movement was interesting, and most of all, the score developed me developed in me a love for a very specific type of electronic music. As a father, I wanted to share this game with my five-year-old daughter. However, its price online is outrageous. I'm afraid spending such a large amount of money on a game I played as a child will only bring me disappointment. Thank you both for all of your hard work and excellent journalism journalism <laughs> thank you jumper kimmons for the very kind words thank you um what do you think peeps man i don't know uh i i kind of struggle with this one so we were before we recorded we we kind of said that maybe we could also think about perhaps our silliest nostalgic purchase that we've made kind of mm. you know we went out and bought something and Maybe we're like, oh, okay, well, that was... That was uh, silly, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, only barely worth it, really. <laughs> uh, for me, I guess I've had this with a couple of PS2... The thing is, I've kept most of my games from my childhood. So on and off, I've played a lot of them th over the years. And they've never quite gone cold on me in that, you know, I've always just kept the plate spinning or kept my memory refreshed so that... Mm. I've not built up this rose-tinted view of what it actually was and then realized, oh, wait, no, that's not what it was. However, there were a couple of games that um, I traded in at the time or maybe I'd only played them at someone else's house or something like that that I subsequently bought um, as a kind of semi-retro collector. I mean, we're talking PS2. I don't like it when people say retro for PS2, but it's getting there. <laughs> um, so there was a, a vehicular combat game that I think I might have mentioned on like one previous podcast uh, so it was like Twisted Metal but it was called Motor Mayhem which Ooh. is uh, it's not a great title it was quite nicely stylized it was this futuristic uh, yeah vehicular combat game drive around and put guns on your cars and shoot each other and there were all these different characters and stuff um, and a bit of interesting lore and an unlockable character too it i played it recently and i remember really liking it as a kid and i thought it was just sort of passable when i played it again recently <laughs> the sound yeah. design is fairly awful it's all really kind of bit crushed and kind of horrible sounding muffled um and that's not just my my old tv mm -hmm. uh but i guess part of that comes down to the fact that actually thinking about it i 
I played a lot of that game with my sister in multiplayer mode and since then I've only just played single player and you know I'm up against some okay AI it was just a bit it was just a bit you know all right and I remembered it as being one of my kind of almost a hidden gem I guess I remembered it as being this hidden gem that like oh more people should have played this and now I see why they didn't Mm -hmm. Uh, and similarly this is more a game that's just not aged very well so I know at the time it was really good but I played Medal of Honor Frontline about two or three years ago on my PS2 and that's one with uh, one of the it's one of the various games that has a harrowing beach landing sequence at the beginning right and um, you know it, it certainly does a good job for its time but there's a lot of just quality of life touches that we're used to nowadays with first person shooters that that game did not have and I played a lot of um, Call of Duty 2 back in the day and I really love the campaign for that. And I think some of my memories of Call of Duty 2 had accidentally bled into what I thought was Medal of Honor Frontline. Right. And so I was expecting this... Was that a 360 game, I think? 360 era? Probably PS3 as well. Um, uh, uh, Call of Duty, I mean. Uh, what, I think, Call of Duty 2? Yeah, I think so. Not on not on PS3. The not, first one was, was 3. But, but probably... I think 360, yeah, it was a it launch might have been game, a, right? a launch game for 360 let me just uh quickly google this i remember it being that kind of quality yeah i think it was an early 360 game Mm -hmm. um and it looked really good it played really well like graphically i think it almost sort of stands up today it's a bit kind of it kind of looks stylized now and i think back then it didn't but uh you know it it was a great game but that's sort of I had some, yeah, some memory bleed. I think into uh, Medal of Honor, and I was disappointed when I, when I launched it. Um, however, that kind of answers the the original question. But in terms of a silly purchase that I made, because they were very cheap, so they weren't really a silly purchase in the end because they didn't mm. cost me anything. But uh, when I was at an event somewhere, there was a big stall of like old games, like they had some old Sega games and Game Boy games, PS1 games. And I bought a copy of Medieval for PS1. And uh, it cost me something like £22. It was one of Uh the more expensive PS1 games they had there. And when I got it home, it wasn't working. Oh, no. The disc was broken. And I could hardly take it back to the shop, could I? Gutted. um, That was less of a stupid purchase because you know it wasn't my fault it was broken i checked the disc when i was there and it looked fine but it just Mm -hmm. didn't run at all so that was uh sort of the most costly nostalgic uh, purchase that i made yeah Um, that's so uh, unfortunate yeah but i can't really think of an outright silly one i don't know if you've got any of those well i've spent literally hundreds of pounds on game boys well so that's that would be that would be mine um not a specific game as such no. Um, although actually, no, I did buy Persona. I found a copy. I bought a copy of Persona Four on PS2 mm. um, after I played it on Vita, just just to own it, and that wasn't too expensive. That was maybe twenty five quid. Yeah. Uh, Persona Three is far rarer on on PS2 and in far higher demand. And I walked into my local CEX, which I will swear by my local CEX because. It's in a great place where it doesn't get a huge amount of foot traffic. Mm. And so there's often really cool stuff in the display cabinet. And they the have a copy metro. of... Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
don't tell which but which metro which we'll, world, ne- I won't say. we'll never we'll never tell i've <laughs> got to keep the secret mm. um and uh, there's often really good stuff in the display case there. Yeah, definitely. And they had a copy of Persona 4 and 3, and I didn't need 4, obviously, but they, their copy of Persona 3, I think, was 50 quid, and I right. bought it. And this was, I want to say, last year? No, yeah. maybe 2019. Uh, so that was a relatively recent one, and I have not tried that to see if it works, because I have played that game, um, admittedly not in its full PS2 glory, but like a super stripped-back PSP version. Right. Um, but... Yeah, it was uh, that. That's probably one that ticks that box. So it was fifty pounds just to own and display. Just, just to own and display mm. because I like Persona, and you know what? I thought I'm going to treat myself. I haven't spent five thousand pounds on a Game Boy in a while. Time to <laughs> time to buy that. But in terms of uh, Jumper's bigger point, mm. I I have never regretted buying. I mean, you have obviously because it didn't work. But yeah. I've I've never regretted buying something retro and um and and then revisiting it for example it's never not delivered it's never not delivered there have been a couple of times where it's been a jarring transition Hmm. so after i finished final fantasy 7 remake last year i I hopped back into the final fantasy 7 um re-release that was on ps4 that took some getting used to to put it mildly but I think the the power of nostalgia will carry you a very long way and usually it is a usually it's a case of just acclimatizing and getting used to it again. Uh I do remember hopping back into Harvest Moon It's a Wonderful Life yeah. when they re-released that and that did not hold up. Right. And I I found that and this is you know in the wake of Stardew Valley and other games that have long since iterated on uh, on a lot of the stuff that Harvest Moon introduced. Um, so it was. It felt very archaic, and I couldn't really get back into it. We obviously played Time Splitters Future Perfect on stream. Yeah, that didn't live up to how I remembered it because no, half the I walls didn't that. render. Yeah, well, even even then, it was you know just something about the way the story progressed, and the some of the levels were just slightly more of a grind than I remembered. It was still it was still good. Like I'm not saying it, I was disappointed, but I definitely it wasn't quite what I thought it would be when we played that, and I nearly brought that along as an answer actually yeah 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 in terms of a game that has flawlessly in my mind transitioned from what i remember to how it how it is that's what what a jumble of words that was (laughs) uh crash team racing right and i'm not talking about the remake but every time i picked up that game over the years it was exactly how i remembered it and i think it's because it's a game that relies a lot on muscle memory yeah and my muscle memory for some reason in that game never left and I remembered exactly how to play it every time I returned to it and for that reason it never aged like it it always looked exactly how I remembered it looking and it still does even after the remake so I suppose what I'm saying to Jumper is that they should or he sorry should absolutely buy this game this Einhander it is expensive Mm. yes if you can afford it and if you can budget for it, obviously, I don't want to assume your financial situation. But there is something to be said for owning and preserving things that you are passionate about. Yeah. Um, and if you're worried about it not holding up, then there's a there's a very good chance, based on our anecdotal experience, that you just sort of need to... It might be a little jarring from, from the beginning, because it's not going to look like, you know, a PS4, PS5 game, Xbox Series X game, whatever. You just need to stick with it. Yeah, um, but for for the pure factor of owning it and it being important to you, I would recommend buying it, and then you can share it with your daughter if you 
if you feel it's appropriate. Yeah, I agree. I mean, th- this question is loaded in, a, loaded in a way that, you know, you're almost asking for our negative experiences. I think that's <laughs> the way the question was, you know, have, has this ever happened to you? You've been disappointed. So mm. we've we've told you the times that we were. But as I say, you know, I had to think quite hard because I've I've continued to play some of my PS2 games and I they, they still hold up well. Ben's listed some there that he thinks still hold up well that he didn't play for a long time. Likewise, a game that uh, I went for a very, very long time without playing uh, and then went back into and was very pleased with was um, uh, GTA 3. Mm. Uh, I played a lot of that when I was younger. It was the first the first uh, 3D kind of down on the ground third person view rather than the over the top uh, overhead thing that they used to do. Uh, that's a great game. Um, some people, I guess, who've played Vice City and San Andreas might think it's a bit clunky, but um, there are the you know the the list is much longer of games that I think hold up very well. Resi Four as well is one for me, without a doubt. Um, yeah. So so for sure. Um, and I have just I feel I should add in terms of silly purchases. Although I don't have any big crazy ones that I made that are just to put on the shelf sort of thing. There's one that I want to make if and when it comes up again. Uh, I may even mention this at the time when I saw it on eBay. I would like to buy the press kit for Spyro the Dragon, which the, <laughs> the original rate, one. Yeah, the original one. They occasionally come up. They come with like this cardboard box thing. It's like a treasure chest, I think. They obviously have the disc in them. And then they have a, a special booklet that has like bits of lore that I don't think were ever, ever officially released to uh, the public. So That's they're out there now on the internet, but I kind of want to own the booklet. So I think it goes for at least like 150 to 200 quid. Yeah. And it can go up to like three or 400. And oh God, the thought of <sighs> spending that much on anything is is mad. And I don't know if I would go that high, but I really want to. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Yeah, send me new 400 pounds. S- new stretch goal. Or if you own if you own the press kit, just give me that. You don't have to yeah, donate. Yeah, just give it to Peter. Yeah, give it to him. Um, yeah. On a similar note, like because I I also like going back and and buying like game adjacent stuff from mm. you know the uh, from from the games that are important to us. Uh, obviously, you've you've got that strategy guide, haven't you? Was it for the original Spyro as well? Yeah, the Prima guide for that. Yeah, um, I bought a couple of strategy guides for the original Pokemon games too, and they're just super cool to have and leaf through. And um, back when Final Fantasy VII was re-released on PS4 in that port slash remaster, but not really a remaster as such, um, in 2016, I was I got back into a proper Final Fantasy VII mood, and I was looking for just things to buy, little knickknacks. Yeah, and I managed to. I, I can't remember if I've spoken about this before. You've probably seen it though, Peter. At this point, hmm. um, I got a promotional postcard for Final Fantasy VII from when it was coming out. I've seen that. Was that '97? I think is when it released. And uh, yeah, a promotional postcard that was sent to various journalistic outlets, and it's the art of the. Um, the art of the tiger, the thrill of the fight. It's mm. the it's mid it's the city blooming out. My mind's just I've got so far through this podcast, and now we're an hour and twenty minutes in. It's just gone. Basically, it's an overview of the city with all the Mako reactors. You know that iconic shot. Yeah. At the bottom, there's like a black bar that's got the PlayStation logo, the game logo, and the SquareSoft logo as well. Right. Um, and on the back, it's just it just says some random guff like Final Fantasy VII releasing this year or something. Dear Ben. Yeah, dear Ben, in in 20 years, this is for you. Uh, I just thought it was super cool, and I've got it in a frame now. 
mm. and just it's such like a, a strange little relic but the the point is you should buy the things that are important to you if you're in a position to do so because yeah. that's what being an adult is all about mm-hmm. you know uh, our grandmothers they were mad about weird decorative plates clearly they were. and yeah, we're... we're just mad about spyro and pokemon so different and strokes you can't take your money with you and neither can you take your game <laughs> don't purchases leave it to with your you. kids yeah don't leave it to them spend it on press kits just leave the copy of einhander to your daughter yes she'll understand because she'll she love will. it when you yeah. play it with her thank you so much for listening everybody we of course Wonderful. would like to hear from you uh, via all manner of means is is how you jesus is how you can get in contact with us peter help well i've got to read all this stuff now and i'm not gonna do it in one let's see uh, we are available at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump it's where we stream and put out videos of course if you have amazon prime one of the benefits you get with that it's all just bundled in for one price is a free twitch sub or, or a twitch sub uh, so uh, you can spend that on us and you'll get all the usual benefits so will we we benefit financially as though you're actually subscribed and uh, you know it, you might not be using it you might just have it in your Amazon Prime and not using it so spend it on us if you like uh, when we're streaming on YouTube and Twitch we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Mazdodactyl and Trowling Badger thank you mods we've got social media twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump Luke Eldon looks after Facebook thank you Luke our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump lots of rewards there including asking questions on this podcast early worst games ever exclusive merch personalised video messages discord call and all kinds of things that discord by the way you can get to via bit.ly forward slash team triple jump that's modded by Jack and Joe thank you Jack and Joe the podcast if you're watching on YouTube is available in audio form via play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump the website is triple j.mup uh, that's triple ju.mp if you go to triple j.mup forward slash vods that will redirect you to our uh, YouTube channel of the vods where all of our vods get uploaded and Pat does weekly highlight videos for us as well thank you Pat uh, but don't go to the old store anymore. I don't think it even... Well, I think it, I don't know if it works. It might do. But don't go there. Don't go even to try. Tri- go to triplejumpshop.com. That's where the new... It's not that new anymore. That's where the most recent merch is. But there will be new merch in years to come. Uh, no, I, I nearly got through this without flailing. In in days to... Months, it will come. It will come soon. Yeah, we're, we're already talking ideas. There is new merch coming at some point. Oh, thank you for throwing me that rubber okay. ring. Uh, and if you follow at Triple Jump Shop on Twitter, you will hear the latest updates on that merch that will be coming at a time that we are not specifying right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I nearly managed it. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the time of release, it is Peter's birthday. Oh, so it is. Happy it's birthday, his actual man. birthday. Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin. Go over there. Wish him a happy birthday. Oh, stop. And you can follow me on Twitter and not wish me a happy birthday at confused underscore dude. We do lists now every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Three lists a week. We're spoiling you. Hey. Streams every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. The joint stream being on Thursday on YouTube. Solo streams on Monday and Friday on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. And we do shows once every other week or thereabouts. Finally, leave a review on iTunes, etc. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. We really appreciate it. Out this week, it's a What It Means to Me episode with our very own Philip Reed, our uh, better known as our ranked list writer. 
also a Resident Evil savant. He wrote a book about Resident Evil, and he's he covering the original Resident Evil. So He mentioned us in his book, didn't he? We were actually mentioned in a real book that you can buy. Yeah. And Adam Pacitti, but mainly us, which is mm-hmm. the important bit. You know, Adam yeah. gets mentioned in books all the time. Yeah. Not us, though. Um, so not only should you go and watch a, a Resident Evil expert talk about what the first game means to him, uh, but you should also check out his book as well when mm. you can. And, uh, of course, check out the various Resident Evil ranks that we've done, all written by him and researched by him. He knows what he's talking about. Yes. Additionally, there's a new launch games video, this time the Game Boy Color. I like the Game Boy Color. It was interesting <laughs> playing some of those games. Thank you. That's my impression of a Game it's Boy good. Color. good. That was a really good one. Thanks. Um, and finally, I just want to quickly talk about the careers that we have available still. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are currently hiring a full-time video editor and a full-time presenter. I know on the job listing it says, we endeavor to get back to all applicants within two weeks. It's been over two weeks since we opened applications. <laughs> We're in no hurry to close the applications. So if you're still thinking of applying, please do. We're casting a wide net. We want to hear from as many people as possible. And if you have applied, we are starting to go through applications. We're not going to get back to people, I don't think, until we have found the right person. So if you've already applied and you haven't heard anything, don't worry that your application wasn't good enough because you haven't heard anything. It's just a case of us waiting for as many people to apply as possible before we make a decision. Yeah, I think the the application process takes is taking some people... Uh, you know, people are putting together, particularly for the presenting role, um, yeah. their own little package. So uh, we obviously want to give enough people time to do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's why it's taking a little bit longer. Uh, the only other thing is, uh, yes, we've had a Quipscope for Star Wars went out this week. Yep. Um, and uh, coming up next week, we should hopefully be talking about the Evercade Ooh. that was sent to us, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, so keep about- an eye out nifty new handheld keep an eye out for that and uh, I don't think you did say it's not a worst games ever week this week but no. worst games ever will be available for patrons on Friday yes uh, next week next Friday right just enough time to talk about this week's sponsor once more which is E4 the sequel to E3 where we leak even more journalists information and more companies stop coming yeah. Just to be clear, I'm being facetious. I do like E3, and I'm quite excited that we'll get a lot of news at one time instead of some news throughout the year. So that'll be nice. Anyway, we're done now. Enjoy the yep. rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Brilliant. Bye, everyone. Oh, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.